Tom Tran is in Atlanta this holiday weekend. He's performing, in fact, at Fort Rucker near Dothan, Alabama. Now, I say performing. He's a U.S. Army combat veteran who was shot in the head serving in Operation Iraqi Freedom. His good friend and roommate was killed in an IED attack just two weeks before they were sent to return to the U.S. Tom tells me he had a very difficult readjustment after he came home, and he channels it now through, wait for this, stand-up comedy. He's a comic. Tom, shot in the head. Yeah, day three, um, April 3rd, 2003. Actually, this year was the 20th anniversary of the day I got shot in the head uh, in Iraq during my first mission uh, during Operation Iraqi Freedom. And then um, and then right before I redeployed, my roommate was killed in an improvised explosive device attack right before we came back to the States. So, yeah, it was not a great start to my war, and it was a terrible end to it as well. He, uh, unfortunately, uh, Specialist Charles Bush was killed in uh, an improvised explosive device on uh, 19 December 2003, just about two weeks before we returned to the United States. So he was, he was a good dude. And um, he went on a mission he didn't have to be on because uh, he took the initiative because he was a good soldier. And unfortunately, uh, we lost him. Uh, literally two weeks before we were supposed to leave Iraq. So 20 years ago, you say. So when you hit an anniversary like that or a holiday like this one, does all that come flooding back to you? Or, or tell me, does it stay with you all the time? I mean, it's every day. Um, I, I just got back from a, a, a three-mile run because every day of my life, I have to wake up and force myself out of bed because I've learned after the last 20 years that if I don't, you know, it's just going to be 24 hours of misery. Um, I have to physically get the endorphins going in my head or else like the first three years after I came home from Iraq, it would just be me listening to the voices shouting at me in my head. Um, and, and, and listen, as a 44 year old man with terrible paratrooper knees, I hate running a lot, but this is one of the things that I have to do to force myself to move on and carry on because I've spent the years, literally, just trying to dig myself out of whatever hole the war put me in, you know, almost losing my life, losing my roommate, several friends. So yeah, anything that I can do physically or psychologically, which is where comedy comes in, you know, to keep me putting one foot in front of the other. That's, that's what I got to do. Yeah. So I understand that. It doesn't sound necessarily grim or morose, but it sounds serious. It doesn't sound funny. I want to know how you made the odd transformation, you know, from trauma to comedian. Yeah. As my dad said, you know, you took a, a big leap uh, from jumping out of airplanes to, to getting on stage and telling comedy. Um, Which one is scarier, huh? You know what? I've said this a million times. It's the same. You know, I, I, I was, funny thing, I was a paratrooper who hated heights. To this day, I don't like heights. But the only thing I can compare jumping out of a plane with is, for me, getting on stage with new jokes in front of an audience and wondering if it's going to work. Because just like you're standing in the door, staring out into the ether, you know, you hope that when you, you know, jump, that shoot's going to open. That's how I feel every time I go on stage with a new joke. Like, I hope 
that shoot is going to open. Um, and then I, I hear the rush of the audience laughing. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes the shoot malfunctions and you got to pull your reserve <laughs> and go screaming at the ground at 200 miles an hour. So what possessed you to go in that particular line? And tell me about the first couple of times you went on stage. The very, very first time I went on stage was in college. And it was, it was actually um, in a class that I took to improve my radio career because I, I do work on the radio. I was actually a radio guy in the army. That was my job. I, I wanted to be Adrian Kronhauer from Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Turned out totally different. But uh, I, I took a class called Voice and Diction uh, to, to find my voice. And as the final project, I convinced the the professor to let me do stand-up comedy, five minutes of stand-up comedy. And I did. And it was great. And then two weeks later, I was in Iraq. Um, and then nothing was funny for the first two years after I came home from Iraq. And uh, and then it was a it was a mistake. I was working at a radio station in uh, my hometown. And one of the guys on the morning show that I worked with owned a comedy club. And he said, hey, I need you to do uh, hosting duties. We're doing a radio promotion at the at the comedy club. I just need you to get on stage, say, thanks for coming. Here are the drink specials. Here's your first comic. And as a radio person, I, I have the personality to do that if you give me a script. Um, but I kept doing it. And, and he would feed me jokes. And I got to be friends with comics. And then I would write jokes. And that's it just kind of evolved from there. Well, I, I never intended to be a stand-up comedian. Um, it was just a thing that I happened to do one time, and then I I got the opportunity to keep doing it. Yep. So you stumbled into it, more or less. Did you right away start in, in, including your wartime and military experiences into your material? Did you immediately let them inform what you were doing there on stage? I mean, it's, it's so personal. It's so difficult. It is very personal. Uh, at the beginning, I, I didn't talk about being in the Army at all. Um, actually, I, I recently found a notebook from... <laughs> my first years in comedy and it was funny enough one of those small green department of defense notebooks that you get to write <laughs> your notes in and uh those jokes were trash they were absolute garbage but you know it, it was a, a little while later before i had to realize you know I, I need to get personal comedy is very personal um especially my comedy you know some people are uh one-liners one people are political one people are you know some people are very Jerry Seinfeld-esque. Uh, I very much am, I tell the story of my life, um, whether it's working on the radio in Los Angeles or being in the army or being an actor or, you know, I just got uh, some great material after two weeks in, uh, in Europe. So uh, yeah, it, it took a little while before I could start talking about the military. But then I, I realized that it was helpful, not just to me, but to other other vets uh, who might be listening, who might be in the audience. Yep. Tell me about the organization that you started and work with uh, still. Uh, I created a group called the GIs of Comedy, and um, I started in 2010. I I had participated in a fundraiser for the Bob Hope USO at LAX here in Los Angeles. Uh, they were looking for the quote-unquote funniest service member, and it was a contest, and I won it three years in a row to the point where they're like, you can't do this anymore. And in in the process, I met several other comedians who were veterans or uh, in some cases still uh, serving either in the reserves or National Guard. And one of the things I wanted to do after I left the military was to go back and perform 
for the troops serving overseas because you know we haven't had a bob hope since bob hope but even bob hope wasn't in the military bob just he supported us a lot and i felt like no one could understand the men and women downrange better than men and women who have been downrange so i created this group uh, in 2010, in 2012, we went on our first stateside tour. In 2014, we went overseas to, goodness, I want to say 11 or 12 countries um, over the course of like six months. And we've been touring on and off all the way up until 2019. And then something happened in 2020 and, and we couldn't work for a while. So <laughs> Have you, you started back, I presume, by now? We have uh, slowly but surely uh, the state of things has changed dramatically. Um, so, you know, everybody's kind of for the last three years, all the guys and girls on the team had to obviously find a way to make a living. So uh, some of them have found a lot of success. Some of them have left the game. So it's it's a little more difficult to schedule tours uh, with, you know, the economy the way it is and everybody yeah. kind of being spread all over the place. He asked you to close, you know, watching a stand-up comedian is, is at a table with a few beers with some other people who've had a few beers. What do you hope people take more from just that, uh, from the subject matter that you're talking about and the humorous light that you put it in? I think I've had several I say several, but it's a lot more than that. I've had uh, several instances of someone reaching out to me after a show. It's usually a vet, sometimes active duty, sometimes a spouse. And they'll say, hey, man, I saw your show the other day. I didn't know someone like me could do the thing you're doing. Or, hey, you helped me laugh for the first time since I got back from XYZ deployment. And... I think it's important for, you know, representation wise that other people in the military understand, you know, you can do something once you get out, whether you're forced to or it's voluntary. Uh, for me, obviously, the gunshot forced me to leave the military. It's not a thing that I wanted to do. But um, when I can help somebody forget how hard life is for an hour or an hour and a half. You know, that's that's what the GIs of comedy do. We, we travel to austere locations to perform for troops coming back from, you know, a mission and help them forget for an hour and a half that you're in a bad place right now, literally. Thanks, man. That's Tom Tran performing for the troops in Alabama this weekend, 20 years after his own war wounds and the death and action of his good friend and roommate in Iraq.